Hey there. This episode originally aired on my Patreon many months ago, so some of the information might be a little bit outdated by now. If you'd like to check out episodes as soon as they come out, you can join my $3 tier over there, or you can subscribe to check out full episodes coming here eventually. Either way, the choice is yours. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, Pat's Creative Podcast, Episode 3. We have an official title now. How crazy is that? It's so exciting. Wow. Last last time you were here, Talon, we didn't even have a name for the show. Pat's Creative Podcast. Patented, TMR, all that stuff. Except it's not. You can seal it if you want. I don't care. There's a lot of people named Pat and they might want to do creative podcasts. Today, I'm joined by Talon Stradley once again. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself, my friend. Hi, I'm Talon. Um, I'm a creator and producer at Newton's Dark Room. I, I do podcasts. I do music under a mighty rabbit. I've done uh, film and radio and all kinds of stuff. And uh, and I'm here to talk about Pat about the creative process. I thought we were here to talk about like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and stuff like that. We did talk about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul yeah. for a good like ten minutes at least. We had to get it out of our systems. That was a good show. We also had to check. We had to check my levels, of course. Of course, of course. We also had to check levels and, and whatnot. Uh, but today we're actually not talking about Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad as much, although you should watch those if you get the chance. Uh, we are going to be talking about networking and collaboration. That's kind of the theme of this episode. Um, we're going to be going into both like how to find people to collaborate with, uh, how to physically organize events with people to collaborate and how to follow through, how to take the initial messaging and all that good stuff. Everything that kind of revolves around that. And I thought, what better person to join me than Talon Stradley, who has collaborated with tons of people in his lifetime and uh, also has collaborated in a professional way tons of time, which is always nice. Um, and I think that might be kind of a good place to kind of start off. Uh, when you're kind of collaborating with people, you want to make it as clear as possible what level of professionalism you're bringing into it. Because um, a lot of times, if you just grab a couple of friends around with you and you say, hey, I'm just filming this silly thing for YouTube or whatnot, they just might not take it as seriously. You know, they might not arrive on the time you want them to arrive at. They might be like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get around to it. You know, that'd be fun sometime. Or they might quit halfway through. I know, Talon, you've probably collaborated with a lot of people who have just like, bailed not because they didn't totally realize like how far you were actually taking the project the first ever major project that i really uh worked on with like a a collaborators and that kind of thing was this podcast called tales of passing fantasy and it came about it was an idea that i had for a while um i had some you know various scripts written it was like this anthology kind of show Uh, i was in a theater show at uh, orange coast college at the time i talked to other people about it they wanted to do it got this team together so we had about six writers we had a pool of like 30 actors that we were pulling from um very professional in that sense uh but it was also very difficult we were producing an hour of content and we were writing recording it editing all of that in one month which is insane and so we were very much working back to back um there were some other issues as well uh just uh you know, like I said, like the fact that we didn't have a back catalog meant that uh, we had absolutely no way of, you know, having any kind of barrier right. uh, or or back things to burn up. And then I work at a summer camp during the summer. So and we're all at Orange Coast College. So once the summer hit and people, you know, went back to their home state or I went up to work, then it became very difficult to work and it kind of fell apart. Um, right. Ever since then, I've been very careful about making sure that I don't try to start something too ambitious that I can't uh finish it and particularly with other collaborators right right um and i think that uh uh i like you kind of mentioned like a really important fact is setting expectations right it's like what is the kind of thing that we're creating here um i recorded a song for a school project recently where i had my friend luke come over to record trumpet uh it was a pretty casual thing i wasn't able to give him like a trumpet line it was just him coming in playing for a little bit and i edited it um 
but it was also for a, pro for a school project. So for me, my main sure. goal was just to get it done and also just to practice and get a feel for it. So it was fun and exciting. And, and he um, knew like going in, that's what was going down. Yeah. He knew it wasn't going to be some big studio recording where you plan on monetizing your music and stuff like yeah. that. Like he knew he was coming to my garage. He knew, and we got to right. talk and catch up. It'd been a while, you know, so it was a fun, casual thing. Of course. Um, on the other side of things, uh, my series, my podcast series, Main Street Mythology was my first time since Tales of Passing Fantasy working with outside, um, voice actors or with uh you know like comp like i basically have been producing everything just by myself after tales because i wanted to make something that i could do on my own <laughs> i wanted of to course. you know kind of feel that out um and with that had a very different vibe because i actually reached out to different actors um unfortunately i wasn't able to pay anybody I didn't have the capital um at the time but uh i always try to pay my people if i can and going forward that's going to be a big thing since now i kind of have that footing um but that was very much like, here's the expectation. So like with the voice actors, you know, I said, okay, here's the lines. Um, here's the kind of file formats I want to get from you. Here is, you know, uh, how I want you to record and how I want you to set it up for me to edit. Here is, uh, you know, the pronunciations, all that kind of stuff. Here's how many times I'm going to ask you to retake it, right? Because if, right. They, if I want them to redo something, then, you know, I don't want to keep asking them again and again and again. Like they have volunteered to do this thing with me. I want for them to know very clearly, hey, there's a chance they might ask you to re-record um, some lines, uh, but we'll never do that more than this. You right. know? And so, and I think that set a very good tone for that piece where people understood that I had a plan, that it was mm -hmm. professional. Um, and it was the same thing for our music composer who was helping out with things. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, like it was an amateur production. I wasn't paying them. I haven't gotten any money off of that. Sure. Um, it was, you know, decently successful for my standards, but it's not like it, you know, like popped off or anything like that sure um and so our musician did have to drop out halfway through because they just had other things going on it was taking a little more time than expected and so where i wanted to have an original piece for every story there were some songs i had to reuse which was right. fine but sure. throughout all of that it was communicative the stuff that i got from her was very professional um her la troyenne is her name uh, go check her out because i do really enjoy her music that's why i asked her to help with this um but yeah but expectations are important if, if you're doing a huge thing you know, let people know this is what you expect and be very clear. You know, it, I don't think it's yeah. enough to to say this is a big actual creative project. Dedicate all your time to this. Like, I right. you, like this is what you have to do. Like, you know, if you don't want this, then get out kind of deal. Because that could possible. totally have the opposite effect. If you like oh, go yeah. way too heavy saying like, hey, this is going to be my life's work. So you better not mess this up. Who's going to want to work with that? They'd be like, no, shoot, get someone better exactly. than me. Like, I don't want to do that. And it and it shows that you don't know what you're doing. Like right. if you don't have a plan, if your thing is to dedicate all your time, and the thing is there's lots of people out there. Like if you're not the one actively seeking to add or to get collaborators, you might be approached by someone who's looking to collaborate. And there's a good chance that they have this personality, this idea that I'm creating the world and come out and work for me and you know come rally and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. My first project was very much felt like that, you know, looking back on it now where, you know, I was this person, people liked the stuff that I was creating. They wanted to work with me. We all created this thing and it kind of went out there. Um, you know, we were in college, which is the time to make things and mess up. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for collaborators, be a plan, know what you want from them. And if you don't know what you want, type something up, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're the yeah. person who has to sit down and edit those at the end of the day. You right. need to give them the direction that you feel is appropriate. Uh, yeah. for the expectations are set. And so much headache can be like avoided just by giving these directions before the actual project. I mean, like yes. if you start laying these, all these like new things on these guys while they're filming, then like naturally they're just going to feel burnt out at some point or just not have the proper commitment or just the proper direction as to where they're going. 
So yeah. just making it very clear, because like you said earlier, like when you uh, brought your friend over just for like the school project or whatnot, you don't have to have everything on some industry professional level of, uh, you're not every project has to be entirely professionally competent, if you will. Like it's okay yeah. to do like those smaller things. It's just whenever you're inviting people to your, your, uh, your project or your, your sphere of creators or whatnot, you want to make sure that all their involvement is laid down in front of them before it gets going so that like that. And then that's just how that people will stick with it and go through mm -hmm. with it all the way. Um, uh, I know like different projects require different levels of commitment. Um, yeah. I, I do a lot of stuff with like uh, gameplay and whatnot. And there's a lot of projects in that where you literally show up, you talk funny while you play and then you're good. And it's like, people can do that for like 20 minutes. It's very little commitment value. You don't even need to schedule it. Sometimes it just kind of happens a lot of times, but then there's other projects like, UHCs where it's going to require every individual person to record their whole perspective and upload and add descriptions and add titles and use the intro and whatnot. And you start piling all this stuff. If they don't understand that's their level of commitment from the get go, nine times out of 10, they're not going to actually end up uploading their footage or whatnot. Oh, yeah. And um, so it's just, you know, different projects require different levels of commitment. But as long as you like set that as the uh, the the boundaries beforehand, yeah. let them know then they'll probably be more likely to go through with it. Or they'll tell you like, yo, I'm just not up for this. I don't have this kind of commitment. And you're like, that's fine. You know, I'm glad I know now instead of spending all these hours on this project that I have to now find someone else to replace you like halfway through or whatnot. Exactly. Um, yeah. And some like helpful tips with that, like uh, even just if you're messaging people online, if you're networking online and trying to collaborate through, uh, maybe you're doing also gameplay stuff or you're just looking for someone to voice a script or something like that. Your initial message, if you've never met this person at all and you just want to initially message them, being as professional as possible in the message can just go so long ways. Um, I've gotten yeah. several messages before that have just been like, hey, do you want to join this like UHC I'm doing? Like it's on this day or whatnot. And a lot of times I'm just like, you're not giving me enough to work with. Like I don't want to commit to mm -hmm. something that I don't think is actually going to be very much worth either your time or my time, right? Um, now there's some other projects, like if people I know better, they might just shoot me a message and be like, Hey, be here in five minutes. I'm there. Like, it just depends on like who, you know, or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a very, it's a very helpful skill to learn, to be able to professionally introduce yourself and your project, both clearly and, uh, also, um, uh, directly without like padding it up a lot. I've gotten a lot yeah. of messages that go the opposite way where they almost, they attempt to be professional by adding all of this like fluffiness to it to make it feel like there's a lot more content than's actually there. Your message doesn't necessarily have to be like a five paragraph invite or whatnot, right? You can very clearly and directly explain what the project is. And that is like the true yeah. level of professionalism. Oh, um, definitely. If, if you are going to be approaching someone, right? Um, as if, if they say, yeah, you have all the time in the world to figure out the details and to give them more information, but you got to get them interested first. Right. And, uh, a big thing that any creative project should have, whether it's a YouTube channel, podcast, news, whatever, is uh, is a succinct pitch. Uh, a lot of like, you know, there's this one guy that I listen to that talks about a 10 word pitch. You know, so it's like you have your show. If you cannot explain that show and what makes it unique and interesting in 10 words, then, you know, you got to find something else or figure it out. You know, it's like, so right. cut that down. And that way you can just be like, this is what my show is about. My show is, you know, about an artist collective living on an island and they make stuff. There right. it is. Um, and, and, uh, pitches to collaborate are the same thing, right? Like maybe you already have your project set, but if you say, Hey, here's my 10 word thing, this is what my show's about. Um, this is the role that I want you in. You know, there's a character who does, uh, 
you know, hey, this is my show, blah, blah, blah. I have a character who is a violin player on the street and I need you. It pays this much or it doesn't pay or it's going to take us three hours to record. And then, uh, you know, and then it'll be released on this day, hopefully right. to this audience, you know, and like and, and let them know what's going to be in it for them. Right. Yeah. So if some guy messages you and is like, hey, do you want to be in my UHC? You might be like, I don't know, like this might not be beneficial. But if they say, right. hey you know, we're a slightly larger channel. We like reaching out to other people. We like your personality or, you know, we think you can expose you to more people. Then they're going to be more likely to do that. So yeah. let them know why they want to be on your show. Right. And again, succinct, professional. And if they come back and they're using emojis and laughing and, you know, smiley face and all that, oh, you know, you can match their tone. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. But um, it's always easier to start more professional and then ease yeah. up as opposed to starting like a joke and then trying to muster right. up something professional. If you start as a joke, you're going to be seen as a joke from the get-go. And yeah, it's, potentially. The, yeah. What, they, they, what they say is true about how important first impressions are. You know, It's why when you jo go to a job interview or whatnot, you also try to be more professional or you try to have a firm handshake, You know, all those things, remain eye contact. You, that all, all that stuff can loosen as time goes on once they actually know who you are. The worst thing that can happen though is if someone thinks of you completely differently than what you actually are and how dedicated you are to your project. If they just don't see that uh, from the get-go, it's going to be really hard to re-kind of gain their trust in that like front. So yeah. just being professional uh, from the get-go and cherry-picking the information you want to give. Give them what's essential for them to know and uh, what's most exciting about the project. You really don't want to give your whole life story as to why you started this. I got, I got a UHC invite once that was talking about how like, you know, it was a really wholesome. It was a really wholesome message. To be fair, like I'm not trying to 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 shame the guy or anything, yeah. but he was saying a lot of like, you know, um, he doesn't have a lot of friends online. He thought this would be a great way to try to like get more mm -hmm. friends and hang out. And he kind of like started with all that, and then when I was looking through this message, I didn't actually get any information on the project itself. Um, and I did end up asking for more information because, like I said, it was a wholesome message. It's just uh, pretty much every time I have sent a professional message to someone for like an invite where I was very clear and to the point as to what I needed from them and uh, what they would gain from it and the most exciting parts about the project. Almost every time it's worked out. And then to be fair, I, you know, you also kind of have to know who's more likely to accept and who's less likely to accept. Um, and that's a whole nother ob like uh, minefield. And I wasn't shooting message to ginormous creators or anything to, to, you know, get their help or whatnot. Cause I, I understand uh, my level of outreach to other creators. And that's just another thing to good, the, we could transition into is just, yeah. um, you really need to understand not exactly your reputation, but you need to understand, uh, your, like I said, outreach towards other people, because there's going to be some people that you're not really going to be able to get to. And it's better to first spend your time towards the people who are more likely to join you in your collaborative journeys yeah. uh, than to, you know, immediately shoot message towards some like the really, really large outreaching people. Um, and that's just, you know, kind of common sense. Like yeah. uh, if people get millions of messages every day, they're less likely to see yours. Uh, but if you find someone who not only creates similar content to you or has a similar level of dedication uh, or who someone who you're friends with even like, and you've known them for a while and you know that they would enjoy this, uh, then always try to shoot them the message first, you know, and then you, 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 you yeah. your outreach changes as time goes on or whatnot. And, uh, eventually there might be someone who you thought you'd never be able to collaborate with, and then you suddenly collaborate them or whatnot. Uh, but you really got to understand, you gotta, you gotta pick who you, who you send your invites to. With, with, and with all that being said, though, I think you'd be surprised how, um, like, 
I don't know, because it kind of goes back to the professionalism, right? Right. You can reach out to larger creators if you're a professional. Oh, definitely. Um, obviously, if you send a message or you comment on like PewDiePie's video and you're like, hey, do you want to like come on my video? Like he's not going to come on there. Right. But if you, um, you know, especially for like maybe the mid-level guy, you know, if you find their email address or their DM or, you know, a lot of right. people have like a contact page or something, or um, sometimes they have Patreon so you can contact that through them, you know, and yeah. then you send them a professional message and you say, hey, you know, I do this. I would love to do that. Um, I reached out to people who... Um, uh, like for example, um, I forgot his name, but the guy who produces The Truth, uh, which is a a one of the most popular fiction podcasts out there, um, I uh, tweeted at him, asking him a question. He responded, and they said, "Hey, would you want to be interviewed for the show?" And he was like, "Yeah, like I would love to do that. Like, send it a thing to my contact page." Right. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to follow up at that time. I might still try to do that some other time, but um, but that was someone who I, I in my mind, I was never going to be able to really get into, but. Right you know, suddenly I have my little following, I'm there, I'm respectful and professional, and that might yeah. be a thing. Um, they might not see it, especially if they have right. tons of messages, but if it's professional, it will, it, it's not like it's going to hurt you. You know, it's right. not like all of a sudden you pop off later and then they remember that time that you like told them off because they wouldn't yeah. join your thing or whatever. You know, so be right. professional, be courteous, and reach out to people of all sizes. And I'm, I, yeah. You'd be surprised about the kind of opportunities you can get by, by doing stuff like that. Right. And, and when I was talking about earlier about like uh, spending your time towards people who are more guaranteed to be in your project, I didn't mean you shouldn't like send it to big creators. Uh, but what you, can, I did... you can't expect it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't yeah. expect messages bank back. on like new people coming in and specifically because yeah. like uh, I, I can remember a handful of um, unprofessional messages I shot out to like bigger creators being like, minecraft series dude come on let's go yeah and uh naturally no response but the only it's not like i even then it's if they don't see my response it's not like i'm embarrassing myself so yeah. you never you should never feel embarrassed for writing a professional message to invite people to your project and just the higher yeah. the professionalism or at least clarity in where your professionalism stands the more likely they will actually accept it and the thing is creators are creators at heart and ultimately, if you're giving them a good uh, creative opportunity, they're going to want to at least they're going to at least have some level of interest in it. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially so, if they don't have to do all the legwork. Right? right. It's like, like for example, with this, it's so easy for you to ask me to come on here. And it's so easy for me to say yes, because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not the one that has to edit these or, yeah. you know, upload the videos or create right. the thumbnails or right. that kind of thing. But my face still gets out there. It's still stuff that I can retweet. It's still stuff that I yeah. can say. Um, I think it's fair to say you also just enjoy talking about this stuff. You oh, know? I love like, talking about this stuff. Right. Like, yeah. I love, yeah. It's, it's a lot <laughs> but, of fun. Yeah, um, but giving people those opportunities, you know, like it is right. it is fun to create this kind of stuff, especially, you know, in the gaming world, where it's like, oh, you're playing video games. That's awesome. That's fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. I A while back, I, I used to do um, some channel interviews where I would take channels mm -hmm. that were, um, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to say big channels or small channels but I, I took channels that had a relatively bigger outreach than mine and mm -hmm. uh brought them on for interviews and asked them about like different things um at the time i didn't really have a proper creative mindset when i was going about it i was admittedly just going trying to see how big of a fish i could catch to literally do an interview and i didn't really like that mindset which is why i stopped doing it um yeah. however uh, I would now i'm now planning on bringing that back possibly in some future pat's creative podcasts uh there might be episodes where I have some relatively larger creators uh, specifically talking about creation and stuff like this, but in more of an interview style. Uh, so if that excites you, then hopefully uh, that excites you. I don't know. Um, but either way, uh, it, it, the thing is, like, I'm pretty confident I can get one or two people out here because this is a genuinely interesting collaborative project, at least to the, that demographic or whatnot. So 
just never be ashamed for at least asking you know the only thing the only thing you do is waste a couple minutes of typing out a message but just be careful with your message don't don't treat your message as just a regular like hi or whatnot or hello you gotta you gotta actually put in the legwork and show that you're willing to put in the legwork so that yes you know they they know that you're willing to carry the project for them and yeah uh, and yeah, yeah, and be polite it. and recognize that everybody has better things to do than message you. Oh, definitely, <laughs> you know? definitely. As as horrible as it might sound, it's like... Yeah, and don't take it personally, you know? And yeah. Not everybody's going to work with you. That's fine. There's plenty just, of fish in the sea, you know? Yeah, it's like you are asking for people's time. Be polite, be respectful, be yeah. professional. Um, worst case scenario, they don't respond or they respond right. meanly and then you just move on to the next one. That's fine. As long yeah. as you're professional and nice, like you didn't yeah. do anything wrong. You're going to get a million mean messages online. You can't get hung up over one, you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta move on. You're going to get, you're going to get mean messages, you know, uh, welcome to the internet. <laughs> welcome to the internet. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So yeah, uh, that's just kind of like, um, some general rules of thumb, like treat your project with the amount of respect you want to present to the other people. Uh, so just so that everybody's on the same page when they go in. There's goofier projects out there. You can be goofy about those or whatnot. Just make sure it just clarity. It's all just about clarity and, and transparency uh, and not wasting their time. Never try to waste someone's time when you're inviting them on. Uh, it's, it's nice of them to join you and you don't want to make them feel unwelcome or whatnot. So now that we're kind of talking about people actually in the project talent, um, mm -hmm. do you have any experience with like uh, possibly someone coming in and then just like they either felt unwelcomed or you felt like unwelcomed oh, yeah. by them almost like where you felt like maybe I shouldn't have brought this person in or whatnot. So I, I, uh, huh. yeah, I mean, I'm not asking to give any names and you don't have, oh, you can get not. as broad as possible. You don't have to give any I'll, I'll definitely say but... I felt it. And, and it's even hard for me to pin down exact moments where that sure. happened. Um, in high school, I was involved with a, uh, as an, as an actor, uh, somebody brought me on to help them with their senior project. Uh -huh. And uh, I actually did this for two separate senior projects. Um, this is not the one I did in senior year. That one actually went very well. They were awesome. And I think they're That's still good. making stuff. Um, but the one I did my junior year was uh, uh, rough because it was it was somebody who got two big eyes. Whenever I talk about the people who will like promise you anything or demand a lot of your time, like this is very much one of those people. Right. Um, the kind of guy who would... Uh, you know, say he's going to pay you and then not pay you, but then spend, you know, a thousand dollars renting out an empty house for the month for you to shoot yeah. in and then not doing anything in the house, you know, or scheduling, or it was just one of those, or he like just had like not a great camera and you're like, okay, you're spending all this stuff, but you're shooting on whatever, like yeah. high school, it's whatever. Like you learn the project, whatever. Sure. Um, but I have, and, it, and it's hard because, because you also have to be a people person, right? Yeah. It's like, if you're working with other people, you have to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think setting clear roles helps with that a lot. Like we, right, yeah. we said a lot about setting expectations. If you, you know, have a nice workflow, like you are the writer, right. you're going to write the stuff. I'm, and then we're going to have, you know, you're going to get together. I mean, plan it out. You know, like if I was, if I was going to work on a writer team with, uh, and I actually, I'm working as a writer underneath um, for uh, an anthology series that's coming out uh, kind of soon. And everyone submitted their first drafts. They had a while to submit first drafts. They got together with the team. The team, you know, they had like three people, the person who's heading the thing, the head of the like production right. company we're working with, and then um, the person in charge of editing scripts like for that company. Sure. We got together. They all read it. They gave back their feedback. They give that back to the creators. 
um, the writers. And then we know, okay, this is the feedback we give. We incorporate that. We send it back to them. They read it over again. They give us right. more stuff. Uh, we write up character bios. We write up the sound effects, you know, everything that they kind of need. So that it's very clear where people's roles are yeah. in this process. And that way um, that can help a lot with, uh, with butting heads or with uh, people overstepping boundaries, right? Or it's a Absolutely. creative process. Everybody yeah. has ideas. Everybody has thoughts on how it should be done. Uh, but if it's very clear, you are in charge of this aspect or right. you're in charge of this or you are the creator of the show so you get ultimate say on this stuff you know no matter we say like setting right. those boundaries is important and that helps to curb it a lot yeah At the for end sure of the day, there's going to be people that you work with that are going to be troublesome or they're going to yeah. you know maybe give you some issues um and i wish that there was some and i'm also very young in this process right and for the last sure. like two or three years i've been working just by myself right. uh to kind of learn just my side of things uh, but I don't have any like huge tips on that necessarily because it's always yeah. on a one by one basis. I think that the best thing that you can do at this level and starting off is plan as much as you can, be as yep. clear as you can early on, be communicative, and if you still have issues past that, uh, you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think with like what you're saying with like uh, just those every once in a while those instances where those people who don't totally understand the boundaries, despite you laying them down clearly or whatnot, it's it's okay to also like. So it, it can get easily, you can get easily wrapped up in collaborative projects where you're constantly yes. thinking about it and you're constantly talking to the people about it or whatnot. And just through the nature of constantly communicating about a project, naturally, someone's going to have some idea about something that's not pertaining to their actual boundary or whatnot, and they're going to want to share it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving feedback towards like individual pieces of the project, but, uh, you can't worry too much about them being offended by you discarding such idea because of like the boundaries that you already laid or the roles that you already set for other yes. people. Um, in the Kate core group, we've got like around five other, five other people than myself uh, who kind of uh, who are in charge of the channel essentially. And um, every once in a while, you know, we, we will dibby out specific projects in the channel to specific people or specific series to specific people. And we, the reason we work so well together is that because we understand uh, where each other's roles are. For an example, um, I make most of the thumbnails on the channel. Everybody has the opportunity to make them, and I'm fine with that because you know I want to exp mm -hmm. I want to I want people to be able to exp uh, explore that creative endeavor or whatnot. Yeah, for the most part, I'm making a lot of the thumbnails. And for those who don't have any experience in graphic design or whatnot, um, you know they're usually fine with just like, okay, yeah, yeah, you make the thumbnail for my series. Like I get that. Like we're very understanding of each other's uh, roles and everything. Um, we have like this vlog series where every once in a while we film some stuff and we edit it or whatnot. For the most part, that's all uh, kind of spearheaded by uh, Owlton. And mm. he's just kind of got this like vision that I don't really have. And even just camera work or whatnot, I'm not great at filming stuff. I'm not great at holding the camera, getting the right angles and stuff like that. I'm terrible at it actually, frankly. But Owlton, he's just got this vision and like with this editing, he's got like this this cool modern style that he can put it. He understands what music cues he wants to use or whatnot. And I... I, uh, every time, every time a vlog comes out, just my natural brain as an editor starts thinking of things that I would have done differently. And it's just like, I have to step yeah. back sometimes like, it doesn't matter. Like he clearly, this vision, this video is good. Like this is a vision that is his and I'm not going to outset my boundary to affect some like my new editing thing, just because there's one small change yeah. that I would do or whatnot. So we all respect each other's boundaries in that front. And, uh, we let, mm -hmm. we let each other run with our creative projects. Um, but it's okay also to just every once in a while distance yourself from the project a bit, like just yes. kind of step yeah. back a little bit. And if you have like a lot, like we, every once in a while, not just the K Corps people specifically, but just in the different groups that I've been in, 
uh, there's been uh, inner conflict between different members yeah. or whatnot. It just happens. Yeah. It's a natural part of creative yep. growth or whatnot. Um, the important part is to just not get super invested into every individual discussion or argument or dispute that's going on. It's okay to totally distance yourself for just a bit, kind of let some of the other members work out a little bit of the stuff. And then um, if you need like, if you're the project head and then you need to give a final ruling at some point, you can give the final ruling. But yeah. nine times out of 10, someone understood that when the final ruling was given out it's like you know they they have more stuff to worry about than just that one little thing anyway the problem is is if you aren't distancing yourself and you're in the process uh like 24 7 you're constantly talking to people about it they don't have anything else to worry about but that one little individual thing and neither do you and naturally like it's just gonna spiral out of control so you really got to understand like Give the project some space every once in a while. Give the issue some space. Let it simmer a bit. And, uh, you know, everyone will, like, kind of start resolving it naturally. And then just give your input when necessary, basically. And also just recognizing that, like, a lot of the times things don't matter. You know, like, in the heat of the moment, I think we always think that they matter more. Um, Definitely. Absolutely. things are important. But it's like, if it's, you know, this thumbnail versus that, or the title of a video, or an editing choice, or whatever. Like, a majority of the times... By the time you get to the end of the project, you'll be like, oh, I that either way would have worked or we didn't exactly. notice it. Or even if it's a horrendous mistake, you're like, man, that was a really bad edit. Like, it's not the end of the world by no, any means. Like, lots not. of people put out crap and are fine. You know, it's like... It's, well, and we talked a lot about this in our first yeah. episode, too, with yeah. just like... Just make stuff. The process of content creation is just creating things that are slightly better than the thing before. That's just, that's where you go with it. So yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you just said a lot of this stuff just doesn't matter and it's not worth your energy or their energy. So distancing yourself from it really helps other people get a bigger perspective of the bigger project. And it's okay to let like smaller pieces of that project just go stalemate for a bit and like shed some more light on other projects. You know, if you have two writers who are having a dispute or whatnot, uh, with like uh, storyboarding or something, right? Uh, you can yeah. take the attention away from that for just a bit and like f- tell them to focus mm-hmm. on like character building or something like that. Because like, it's just like a lot of times it's just those small little things that will go good either way and it's all preferential. Um, but as creators, you know, we we have such passion for what we're creating that mm-hmm. sometimes we feel like we need to fight for this. We need to fight for our vision yeah. and, and what we yeah. see. And like so many, t- I've, I've gotten way too heated about things like that before too, like where I'm just <laughs> thinking- yeah. It needs to be this way because I understand what's good in my head and I need it to be good. When the reality is, whether or not it's that or that, it just doesn't change the overall the project. Most of the time, your project's going to yeah. be good enough where it, that one little thing, it's not going to affect it. If that one little thing does affect it, maybe your whole project has a problem. Like maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I maybe it's not interesting that. enough, you know, it's if like it's if all relying on this one little thing. <laughs> like if, if there's a specific <laughs> line that you're like, wow, this line sounds cheesy as all get out. And the other person's like, no, 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 this is like, this is the most fitting line. This is the most important line of the piece. If that one line makes the difference in the whole like short film or whatnot, then maybe your short film's not interesting enough or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's it, it's a definitely a perspective to take. Like, yeah, we'll think about it. Yeah. It's, uh, it, no, I get, go, for oh, it, go for it. Have you seen, uh, you watched 30 Rock, right? I did. Yeah. Um, do you remember whenever there was a, an episode where um, Liz Lemon looks like she's going to be taking over Jack's job? And at sure. one point, Jax takes her to a lunch meeting and they're talking about uh, like the deci- basically she has to make a decision on like the kinds of buttons that are on the microwave. <laughs> and then and then she's like, I don't know what to choose. And he's like, it doesn't matter. You just pick one. And mm-hmm. then 
that's the one, like that's the right one. And so she picks it and then she goes to this dinner and she's like getting bonuses. She's like getting banked for, she's like, were you the button person? That was incredible work. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. You know, it's it like at the end of the matter. day, it's like somebody just has to make the decision. Yeah. Most things aren't going to matter. It's not worth debating the buttons on the microwave. It is no. somebody make a choice and that is now the right choice and roll with it. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not it's worth good. like, like getting mad over people. Like it's not yeah. worth that energy or whatnot. You should save that energy towards actually working towards something. Yes. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, just, yeah, just distancing yourself from the project helps a lot too, because even if you can talk to them about something other than the project for a bit, that helps, that smooths things over so nicely most of the time, you know, if you, especially cause like, well, in, in, in my specific, uh, specific line of work for lack of a better word, I deal with a lot of people who I consider friends, like people I, I consider close friends even. And, um, there's a lot of times stuff to talk about other than the project itself. You know, uh, a lot of the, the yeah. people I collaborate with, we play uh CS go almost, almost every night. Like, so there's always opportunities to talk to them about other stuff. And we, we always talk about other stuff. And anytime we have a dispute between them, it's just like an hour to two hours can heal all wounds. You know what I mean? Just like just an hour or two hours away from the project, you know, to let everybody really think about it or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean I, that kind of that kind of went a little bit further than what we were originally talking about with like uh, bringing people <laughs> in. But basically, I mean, team disputes important too because if you're going to be heading your own projects or whatnot, you're going to have to learn when to step out, when to step in, what battles to pick, what hills to yes. die on. Yeah. That's that's all stuff that I mean you're not going to know on your first project. It's going to take time to really yeah. figure all that out. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, being being receptive to other people though is also a good idea. It's okay to you want to yeah. always want to make sure that the people are being heard too about their concerns for the project or the specific thing. At least yeah. acknowledge what they're saying and make sure they know you're acknowledging it. That's the most yeah. important thing. There's been there's been times through uh, not just creative stuff but just working with people in general where someone mm -hmm. comes up and they suggest something and you immediately are like, this is not going to work at all. You know, like we yes. tried this last year before we got you got here. It burned right. in flint. Like this is just not a good idea. Yeah. But you let them say it, you let them talk about it, you hear them and you make them feel heard. And and then if you say, yeah, you know what, we'll talk about it, we'll think about it. And then you later say, you know what, I don't think that's going to be the best call. At least they feel yeah. like you considered it, you were there. And that's going to be very important, right? Absolutely. Stay respectful, stay receptive, always be polite and empathetic. And if you do that, then hopefully you'll be able to navigate this and and, and be okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it'll just take time. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll get there. I definitely encourage you guys to experiment with heading your own projects though because you can learn so much about creation yes. just through being the organizer behind it all and seeing and, everybody's different creative processes and if you're normally that person then like follow in somebody else's thing or take absolutely on a role. absolutely like, just getting outside of your comfort zone and, yeah. and working with different people in different ways is going to help out a lot right and I, I think that's almost a good segue into just like um uh i mean we've kind of been dancing around this but just letting go of like certain responsibilities at certain times. It's so important to understand what the other side is like. And uh, that's something that yeah. I'm still learning to this day because most of the projects I've been involved in with are projects that I have spearheaded and whatnot. Um, very rarely am I actually in like other people's like videos or podcasts or whatnot. And it's not so much, um, I'd like to think it's not because nobody likes me. I think it's just because um, uh, they know me as like kind of the project header or whatnot. So it's like yeah. Oh, yeah. the projects are usually done by me. And then, and any project that I've been invited to, usually it's like, I want you to help me run this. Like, it's like, I want you to, to like, I need, I want you to help guide this the way it wants to go. But anytime I'm invited to another podcast, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful thing. You sit back, you talk and yep. then you're done. 
And yep. like, um, <laughs> it just, it really gives you some perspective because you'll start having ideas about like what the podcast host is doing. And you're going to think like, why is he doing this? Like, this is kind of silly. Like this, this, uh, why is his introduction so long? What's this bit he's doing or something like that. Right. But like at the end of the day, you understand that it's his project, just as you want other people to understand that your project is your yeah. project and you sit back and you let it happen. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Try to, try to get. I mean, like it, you know, you can't really just get invited to stuff, you know, but make yourself available, make it known to well, other people. Like it's okay to re- and it's okay to reach out to people too. Like there's sure. some podcasts that I know that have, um, you know, I, I, that will come on and interview people and it's okay to send a message. And some, and I, especially in this world, um, you know, if they have a website, like always check the website. Cause there's some yeah. places that will blatantly say in the contact page, we are not looking people to interview right now. It's like, yeah. we got our setup. We're behind, sure. like, don't even message us about that. Um, so always check in first, but then it's okay to message these people and say, like, I, I would encourage you to make a press kit. Press kits are great for like professional sure. ad- or networking and stuff where, um, you know, what is your show about? Who's your show for? Um, you know, some different reviews and quotes. Right. Just that way if you can send that to someone. They understand, you know, a few samples of your work. Yeah. Um, and even sending that to like, uh, you know, if you like, for example, so I'm a you know podcast creator. I want to get onto other podcasts that are interviewing podcast creators. Like that's right. a great thing for me to post about, to talk about. It might expose you to a new audience. And so there's numerous people that I reached out to or different newsletters or publications that wrote stuff. That I just sent the, the thing to and said, Hey, if you're interested in writing on this, here's the get down to my latest series or whatever that right. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even if people aren't reaching out to you, because people probably won't re- reach out to you, especially right. the people that are, have a built up audience because they have yeah. enough people reaching out to them. So I mean, see something interesting, reach out. The nature of starting out as a small creator is just that people don't know you yet. So naturally, even like people who are totally, who would totally love to collaborate with you if they did, the chance of them even finding you is like very, very difficult. Um, In last episode, uh, I talked a little bit about like some of the tricks I use for finding uh, other small creators like me by like searching on YouTube and filtering by like latest upload just to filter out some of the bigger channels or whatnot. Um, Finding avenues like that or like going to uh, uh, smaller, smaller knit communities like subreddits or even discord servers or whatnot. um, It's a great way of finding like minded people because it already puts you on the same level. There's there's an even playing field for those kind of people. So if you go specifically to a playing field that has a lot of other players that are just like you, naturally, the people are going to be more inclined to want to hang out and whatnot. Um, So many of my collaborators are just from like uh communities and, and small servers and whatnot that we just i hung out yeah. with and i was like you know what i really want you in this project or whatnot um so yeah, yeah. for for me twitter has been a big thing you know it's like when sure. you go on there and like and it, and it does take a little bit to get going but you know like you said like you look for the newest the you know podcast you search for that you look at yeah. the newer things um i just i follow pretty much every single audio fiction that i come across right uh, because especially the smaller you know maybe not some of the larger ones but like i like I want to know what everybody in the industry is doing. I yeah, want to know what definitely. shows are on the horizon. I want to see what creative things are doing. I want to see if some, I'm always looking for collaborators. If I see someone who writes in a similar way as me, or I like their stuff, like right. let's do something. Let's work on something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely get out there. And like you said, actively participating in those communities. That way definitely. you're not just the guy who's coming in and saying, okay, now I want to be on people's shows. And then leaving. Like, that's something, <laughs> yeah. that's something right. I really struggle with. I'm very bad at discord. I have not been posting a lot on Twitter ever since COVID started, you know? So sure. I, 
you know, but I have to think about that. And that's something I have to consciously do to say, okay, if I yeah. want to, I, I need to engage with these people. Yeah. I want to genuinely engage with them. I want to listen to their shows so I can Definitely. talk to them and be like, Hey, I liked this aspect about your thing. Um, engage with their art and, uh, and reach out to people. Yeah. Well, and, and, and <laughs> you, you haven't been on Twitter much and you say you, you're not, uh, using discord as much either, but the thing is, yeah. is like, there's ways to do this also in, in the physical world too. You know, like there's, there's communities yeah. that exist offline as well. Yeah. Even like, if you go to a school, half your job's already done. There's freaking tons of people there, right? Who all have like different majors yeah. or whatnot. All right, I guess I yeah. should specify college, but I mean, you know, even high school, uh, similar. Oh yeah, no um, school, like learning places are great. <laughs> yeah, and like wh what better to find someone who has similar interests uh, to you than looking over to your right at a classmate in a class for your major? They're yes. there, <laughs> they're right yeah. there. So like even just, um, just like you want to be present in online communities to kind of gather the the, the respect and also mm -hmm. uh, collaborate with those kind of people, uh, be a present with with people around you too. You know, um, yeah. So many people in uh, the real world are going to want to do creative stuff with you because creative stuff is fun, basically. Uh, oh yeah. And so yeah, like you know, college is a great time for that. Even coworkers, you know, if, if you start hanging out with a lot of your coworkers or whatnot, you end up talking to them for a long period of time. Uh, you know, it's you, you just end up naturally networking basically just through yeah. living oh, yeah. and being present unless you specifically try to be a hermit which i don't recommend i don't think that's a super <laughs> healthy thing um but i i know just just being there for people and and uh hearing people out and whatnot it's yeah it's all, it all adds to this building up a, a, a sphere of people you can create with and after a period yeah. of time doing that now i I wouldn't be able to count how many people I could actually rely on if I invited them to uh, a creative project or whatnot. And it's a very helpful thing. Um, the only reason I just bring talent on this podcast, because I just want to talk to talent because this guy has got a lot of creative yeah, insight. We don't catch up a lot outside of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, that's what's so funny because like, um, uh, I feel like the stuff we would catch up on though is stuff that is we're it? talking about right now. Oh like, yeah. yeah. We've, we've found a way to turn just you and I regular conversations into content here because like yeah. even before this podcast was a thing like we would we would spend uh like at least a couple hours or sometimes some time after the soda podcast or whatnot just talking about creative things like just yeah just talking yeah, exactly. about creation in general um yeah. and that just kind of goes into another thing that i briefly went over last episode but like finding ways to uh turn regular life avenues into content like mixing the two could sometimes yeah. be a really good thing because uh you know, it's, it's like almost turning something mundane or boring or at least uh, something typical yeah. into like something more fun and, and well, creative and whatnot. Yeah, that's what I did with my show Cochlea, which is just about um, some right. audio stuff is because I, I was studying audio and it was a good way for me to study. It, that you example know, is like... the specific example I brought up last episode when I talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I was like, yeah, this guy Talon, like he's got he's got this thing he's doing. He's learning this for school already, you know, like why not be able to mix those two so you can have fun while you do it. Yeah. Also, it's just something that you're passionate about. And uh Obviously, like that's just what we're doing here too. Is we're just talking about creative stuff because we both really find that fun, like enjoyable and whatnot. Um, yeah. But you know, also you don't want to turn everything into content. That's a, that's a steep hill to go down to. You don't want to film every moment of your life. Yeah. Obviously. No, there um, was this. I heard the story of this guy. I forgot where I heard it. I wish I remembered. But he, um, he literally just started recording everything, like just audio. Like he wasn't right. running around the video camera, but he literally like mic'd himself up, and he always had that running. And it was a very interesting um, episode. It was a podcast episode somewhere, but talking about how that impacted his life and. And the other people, you know, people felt uncomfortable talking to him or the way that he True. acted, right? Because when you know people are listening, you're acting a little bit differently. Definitely. Um, 
you know, be smart about it. Definitely leave room to take breaks and, yeah. and leave like that. These past couple months have very, very much been that for me. Um, yeah. I started 2020, which was supposed to be very ambitious. Um, and there was another thing I knew, like I might be biting off more than I can chew here, but I think I can do it. Right. And then uh, COVID hit and just completely like yeah. flatlined that, right. um, which sucks. But, uh, you know, it's what happens. You know, so it now is. it's like, take the break. These past couple months have very much been me relaxing. I'm going into my final year of school. I am the, you know, uh, president of the Digital Media Arts Club there. And, you know, so there's a lot of cool stuff happening for me and I'm very excited uh, but I know it can also be a lot. So it's okay sure. if I take a little break. It's okay if I post a little bit less often. Definitely. Uh, you know, because I, because at the same time, I have like the biggest stuff I've ever worked on in the pipeline. You know, right. like part of the reason why it's big is because it takes more time to get up and get going and all that kind of stuff. But I'm yeah. still, still working on things. It's just less of a like, you know, updating every single second or looking for a bunch of avenues to turn into podcasts. It's like, yeah. it's okay to relax. And distance and yourself, back. you know, let your project will be there when you come back. You know what I mean? Your, your creative yeah. ideas, they're not going to go anywhere. They'll be there. You just might have to find them again. You know, yeah. no matter how much time you take away, your inspiration was there for a reason and you will be able to find it again. If you go for it, sometimes it might not be worth it. Sometimes it might be worth it to go towards other projects, but it's always yeah. there. The idea of the spark yeah. it's, it's there. Um, I'm actually also kind of in the middle of a bit of a, uh, creative break. Most of the stuff that I've been up, <laughs> I think a lot of us are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, well, when, when, when COVID kind of hit, that was, I kind of reacted a little differently because usually mm. with, with kind of more tough real world stuff, um, I go a little bit heavier with creation or whatnot. And I, I yeah. kind of start grinding it out a bit, but because I was going pretty heavy, uh, there was a point in time where I just realized like, you know, I, I needed to like, just take a little bit of time off or whatnot. And I already went so heavy that like my backlog was ridiculous. Um, probably the biggest yeah. backlog I've had since YouTube started. Um, <laughs> so like, I'm actually technically right now in the middle of like a, a creative break or whatnot. And now I come back to this podcast and I feel absolutely refreshed or whatnot. You know, I don't, I don't feel brain dead or yeah. so yeah. yeah take your breaks. Creating again. Um, yeah. Especially after, as I mentioned uh, to you earlier, outside of this, I got a new cat recently. So a lot of my energy <laughs> yeah. is focused on getting that. But once that settles down a little bit, then sure. I'm out of school for the rest of July. I, my work is dying down. And I can finally like, okay, what are we doing here? I, I've got a creative question for you that, that yes. doesn't really pertain so much to collaboration. Uh, we might be right. just moving off that topic a little bit, but okay. um, the the question is like, when you take a break of something creatively, do you find that your mind immediately starts looking for something else to like completely focus on? Like, is this cat right now just something that your mind mm -hmm. is like, mm -hmm. lately it's been really focused on this now, I just need to focus on like something else? Or is it literally just- I don't just, think so. No. I think, cause I, I'm always like that. Right. Um, there's always like some kind of projects that I'm researching or doing. Like before this cat, I was building a, um, like a DIY synthesizer. So I was taking the okay. studio maintenance class. I was looking into a lot of that, trying to learn electronics, you know, resistor, all that kind of stuff. I normally have something like that going on in my life. Sure. And um, I actually really, really enjoy that, that part of me and that learning and the researching. And I think yeah. that influences my work a lot. And I think part of the reason why I feel so creatively drained and why I've been taking such a long break is because I have less opportunities for that since I'm not going to school, since I'm not interacting. Okay. And so um, I think that that's actually been a downside. But for me, whenever I tend to take breaks and really kind of like find myself and take that thing, um, my brain isn't like, oh, what if this is a story? What if this is maybe a little bit here and there, but right. they're rarely good ideas. And I'm not like sitting down, like outlining the whole thing. Well, I, I meant less like you're coming up with ideas, but more yeah. like, are you... Do you have to preoccupy your mind with something else to fill in that space, that time that you previously allocated no, to? Because I think, I think for me, it always comes in uh, better relationships with the people around me. Gotcha. Um, that's how my breaks tend to uh, 
come about because whenever I'm creating, right. especially like, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm a very fickle creator at times. It's like uh -huh. I'm very much like if I'm in the mood to write, then write. If I'm in the mood to do this, do this. And sure. I've had that luxury because I haven't been doing this for a job, right? Right. Um, I, and so that aspect of things means that there's sometimes where I'm in the zone, right? Where I might get home, nobody's home, and it's the perfect time to write, and I start writing, and then 10 minutes later, somebody comes home. And then that puts me in kind of like a hostile position with them, which is all on me, right? Sure. And I think that whenever I take those creative breaks, I'm not uh, expecting myself to create anything. I'm not looking to yeah. create anything. And so instead, you know, even if I like, I've been playing a lot of League of Legends lately, right? Because me sure. and my roommate are quarantined at home. We and we both enjoy the game. But yeah. We don't enjoy playing it on our own, but we enjoy playing it together. So we get together and we sure. play and we have that that bond, right? Or I've been yeah. able to spend a lot more time with my girlfriend. Um, things like that is where I, I guess, my mind yourself. goes, or yeah. the stuff that takes up the space that yeah. was created by this heavy creationist kind of thing, right? And I See, really enjoyed that. I, I, I think it's breaks a lot. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's like the same for me too. Whenever I do take a break of like creative stuff, it's usually because I preoccupy my mind with uh, more like, like you said, relationship building and yeah. whatnot and, and strengthening your bonds with people around you. Uh, but I think part of that is just my mind automatically kind of sees that almost as a creative project. I don't mm. know if that's like a sociopath thing to say. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to dissect my mind right now, but I think like, uh, I just with my mind separating things into like projects or whatnot and seeing it come into fruition, I almost take even just regular relationships and see like, this is something I need to strengthen just as I would like take a video or something like this, is a project yeah. that needs refining or whatnot. Um, it's kind of like just a weird way my mind pictures it, but uh, you know, like if I notice like I'm, I'm not just getting along with a certain person or whatnot that I normally am and I don't want that to be the case, then, you know, I, Whenever I take breaks of yeah. uh, off creative stuff, I try to like rework towards that or whatnot. Um, but I feel like for me, it's it's mostly out of compulsion. Like I feel like my brain has to be occupied thinking about something to work on most of the time, even when I do take these breaks. Um, even if that's just like yeah. cooking. Like when I stopped, when I kind of stopped recording for a bit, like a couple weeks ago, uh, I my mind really went towards like I got to better my cooking craft for some reason. All of a sudden, I feel like <laughs> I need to make better eggs. Like that's just what it is. So. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, I think, I think, uh, you know, just giving projects room to breathe though, in general can just help them flourish yeah. and then also help keep your sanity. If you are just constantly, yeah. constantly creating, if you are doing that guy who recorded everything, uh, for the podcast, if you're doing that 24 seven or whatnot, and you're always performing naturally, you're gonna, you're just gonna feel pooped. You're gonna feel downright pooped, my yeah. guy. Um, and I think like, yeah, and that's like that's another thing that because I definitely feel like I'm in a transition phase. Like, I, like I've really enjoyed um, not creating for like the first sure. time in like a couple years, right? Um, and being able to take that break and and especially as I'm in school, you know, because it's like you got school, you got your own work because you need to pay, and then you have this creative stuff on top. I'm yeah. excited to get out of school. Um, I love school, but I'm excited to have work take up all that space Absolutely, and hopefully yeah. a lot more time. Um, but. I also know that the nature of my creation is going to be different, right? Sure. So I've never been one for you know crazy schedules or posting every week, but for the last year, I posted a podcast episode every single month. That was right. a, a goal I wanted to have. Um, but historically, I've struggled with that weekly stuff because I, I 
can tire myself out a lot. So what I'm, I'm kind of transitioning to is uh, more stuff like main street mythology, which is a self-contained, you know, four or five episodes, eight episodes, whatever that I work on. And then once all the episodes are done, then I start releasing it, right. you know? So it's not like a weekly thing. It's not like I'm constantly, it's like whatever the project's working on, I'll devote the time that it needs. I'll take the time that I need so I can stay healthy yeah. and enjoy my time and my family and my friends uh, and still hopefully put out good stuff. And I think that that's going to work out well for me because the yeah. stuff that I've produced so far under that uh, umbrella I have enjoyed far more than the stuff that I've put out weekly or monthly or anything sure. like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to pursue that and we'll kind of see what, what the future holds, but I'm definitely yeah. enjoying the, the time. Cause, <laughs> cause the, the future could very well put you back in that position, you know, where you kind of do have to do it more yeah. frequently or whatnot. Oh, but and I for think... my job, I'm sure I'll have to, like if I ever sure. get paid for this stuff, like enough yeah. to make a living wage, like that's going to be regular, but um, right. Right. it's a very different energy than the energy of you taking your own time and your own soul and your own this and creating something yeah. every yeah. month kind of thing. And having, having a separation, like having side projects kind of helps with that too. I feel like yeah. having, having yeah. side bigger things that you're working on amidst like the weekly craziness or whatnot. Um, yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. right now this is kind of considered a side project almost to the stuff I do on K-Core, which we upload like five or six times a week. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just like, I, I feel like it almost strengthens both projects though, to have two things running back and forth, just to have a different stimulus on your mind. Uh, and, but naturally, you know, everything comes different when you start getting paid jobs work a little bit differently because you kind of start to see it as a job and that yeah. might affect your enjoyment level for better or for worse. You know, you might be on one hand, I can now buy better equipment for this and it feels great. On the other hand, it might feel like this is a grind all of a sudden. And I didn't, it yeah. didn't used to be a grind or something, you know, yeah. but that's all stuff that I'm sure everyone will figure out on the way. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, I think we we've covered some good here talent and I think we're about yeah. ready to, to wrap this podcast up. Um, is there any closing thoughts you'd like to share about collaboration or networking or whatnot or anything else we covered today? I not like, really. I mean, be brave, be kind, yeah. uh, and, and you'll be set. Yeah. Be brave, be kind, be clear, be professional to the extent that you are, you know, don't specifically not be yourself to, to record something, but yeah. make it clear to people what they're getting themselves into. And, uh, yeah, just be active in communities, be present, be there, make people, understand that you're there too you know um even if you're just not constantly talking to them just letting them know where you stand with content creation and, and how you're willing to be involved with other people's projects and yeah. how you're willing to get other people in your projects just having that knowledge down there is is good and, and will definitely ease the process of bringing people in it's ultimately not super difficult to bring people into your project it's really not what the difficult part is, is just maintaining that and making sure everybody's carrying their weight and whatnot and getting yeah. the project to fruition. Scheduling is obviously yeah. another thing. And I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode specifically on organizing this stuff with, you know, tips yeah. on scheduling and, and, uh, just pre-production, pre-production. <laughs> I mean, that, that should be the name of the next episode we do talent is just straight up pre-production. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty much the, int well, pre-production. And then we'll have another one later called post-production. You know, that yeah. those are the two big, big ones or whatnot. That takes up most of the time of creation anyway. Uh, Talon, is there anything you would like to share about what you're doing right now or send people off to find you in socials and whatnot? Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in between things right now. So um, I, I have not been as active on the creation side. Uh, but if you haven't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Newton's Darkroom or on Instagram too, for that matter. Um, 
and check out the podcast. Uh, I mentioned it here, but Main Street Mythology is one of the shows that I'm most proud that I've done. It's all out on iTunes, Spotify, podcast, whatever, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so I guess that's my plug for today is go miss, listen to Main Street Mythology because I've certainly been nostalgic for it uh, the last couple of weeks or so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I, from what I've seen, I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but uh, it's it's crazy the amount of effort you put into that. Like, it's very noticeable uh, I think both as a creator and as a viewer, like I think people who don't yeah. create will still be able to appreciate the amount of work you put into that. So make sure you guys check that out uh, when you get the opportunity. Um, as for myself, uh, you know, here on Patreon, but also uh, I'll be uploading these topics uh, into clips on YouTube. Uh, so if you ever want to revisit these in a more segmented form, you can always do that. Um, I will also be uh, uploading more tutorial stuff over on PatNet Games channel. And then of course you can check out Kate Core for your usual collaborative gameplay stuff. So. That's where you could find me. Thanks for joining me, Talon. And thank you guys for watching. uh, And we'll see you guys next month.